Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good evening. If you seem to sense an aura of cold dampness that permeates this room, attribute it not to either defective air conditioning or inclement indoor weather. It's simply because this is rather a special place with a special statuary and special paintings. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Thursday, such a crazy, lazy day. Thursday has its own peculiar way of saying hey. Sometimes Thursday almost makes you want to run away. Thursday is such a crazy, lazy day. Oh, that's what it is. A crazy, lazy kind of day. At least we hope it is for you. It is a well, throwback Thursday. That's right. And next to me is somebody who loves that it's throwback Thursday. Jenny, I got one name. Jenny. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hi, I'm your host, Patrick Riley. Riley, Riley, what a pal. He's a man who's understood in Brooklyn or in Hollywood. Riley, Riley, what a guy. That's me. And right next to me is somebody who is, well, she is one thing for sure. She is. Kimmy is in the studio. That's because it's a throwback Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. One of your favorite days. Uh-huh. Yes, the Riley and Kimmy show will be going back in time. We'll be spotlighting something special for this throwback Thursday. We'll do that with the golden age of radio. And by the way, we do that with every single episode of the Riley and Kimmy show. You can listen every single day, something brand new. You can find archived episodes on our website along with celebrity interviews we've done and easy ways to take us anywhere on planet Earth. That's iHeartRadio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Those platforms are available. Also, our social media links. Hey, stay connected with us. Find out where the Riley and Kimmy Show will be appearing next. Communicate with us and also, well, check out chances for you to win through our Facebook, Twitter, and other social media pages. Where can you find all of our links, Kimmy? At RileyandKimmy.com. Find archived podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Pop culture escapism. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play a game? That is a question for this throwback Thursday. Does Kimmy want to go back in time, challenge her brain cells with a thrilling game of pop culture trivia? What say you, Kimmy? Well, of course. The timeline has been adjusted, meaning it's not running in chronological or linear order. It's all wacky. It's all scrambled up. Sort of like I am. Help Kimmy out with answers. If this is the first time you've heard Pop Culture Trivia with O'Reilly and Kimmy Show, it's easy here. Kimmy believes that you two can communicate. You, who are in her future, and she's in your past, she says you can communicate with her just simply by whispering to, talking to, or if you can get away with it, yelling at whatever computing device you have the O'Reilly and Kimmy Show playing on right now. And it could be anything because... We are mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. Very first question we have for you, Kimmy, is technology-based. And this should be interesting because if you paid attention um, where you grew up, because your father was a audiophile and technophile, he loved technology, you might be able to get this one right. Within five years, 
the Sony Corporation introduced its home videotape recorder. Can you give us the year within five years? Your um, father loved that early Sony technology. Oh, let's go 75. Kimmy is 10 years off. She didn't pick up on the clue there. I said videotape recorder, not video cassette recorder. The original ones were reel-to-reel tapes. Oh. Yes, they, they were those big reels that you ran. You even had some of those in schools going up into the 80s, probably, that they just didn't budget for a new VCR. They would use the videotape recorders. Or if they had old films or videos, that is, that they didn't update on cassette, they kept that old machine around. So I'm sure you've seen it. 1965, that unit priced how much, Kimmy? Within $50 in 1965 dollars. $1,000. She gets it, very, you know, really close. It was $995 without tax. Wow. And About I do, the cost of a car back then, right? Close. Some cars were relatively around a, probably 1200 range right there. Fully loaded. I think my brother's uh, 1970 Barracuda was like 2500 bucks, maybe. Wow. Something like that. And it had, you know, the big engine and high-performance stuff. Yeah. Cars were kind of cheap, but let's keep in mind people weren't being paid what they right. are. They are today either. I, I have that battle with my brother uh, just recently. He's much older than I am. He's twenty years older than I. He basically raised me. He was like a pseudo father to me, and he was talking about a Galaxy. He, he was surprised I even remembered this car. I just knew he had it. He was talking about the. He goes, you know, this Ford I had. And I said, what the Galaxy Five Hundred? He goes, yeah. And the Galaxy Five Hundred was a boxy kind of looking car. You would see it in some. Uh, late 60s or mid to late 60s TV shows. And he's like, boy, I wish I hadn't gotten rid of it. You know, I just saw one where I live for sale for $125,000. I'm like, well, yeah, but let's keep in mind what you paid for it way back then. He said he only paid, I think, $1,100 for it. And I was like, yeah, but you weren't making a huge amount. Now, it wasn't wasn't worth $100,000 in that money, you know, back then. But And plus somebody kept it... uh, you know, kept it up over the course of time, or 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 retooled it and re you know remodeled it and refurbished it and all that stuff. So a lot of things going with those cars. Mm-hmm. That's a totally different world of collecting, right, Kimmy? Oh yeah. And by the way, if you have an upcoming car event you would like the Riley and Kimmy Show to be at, oh, feel free to contact us. You can do that through our Facebook page or right through our website. And what is our web address? RileyandKimmy.com. Back to trivia. It was on this date. The groundbreaking ceremony was held for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Two-part question for you, Kimmy. What is the name of the city where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is? They broke ground for it on this date. Um, That is in Ohio. Yes, um, yes. In... Cleveland. You're right. Cleveland, Ohio. She didn't say Toledo. I thought maybe that was going to come out. I thought it was coming. I thought I thought Toledo or Columbus was coming. I don't know why, but yes, Cleveland, Ohio. What year, within five years, did they start building the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum? Um, 1978? It was 1993. It was on this date. We're looking for the decade, Kimmy. The cover of Life magazine showed the latest in campus fashions at the Times. Now, this included... Saddle shoes. What decade? The 30s, the 40s, the 50s, or the 60s? The 50s? You're wrong. It was the 1930s, 1937. Oh. Bobby Soxers would wear those saddle shoes with Frank Sinatra and stuff like that you'll see in films. Oh, that early. Okay. Yes, but actually carried into the, the 50s. It was on this date the first president of the United States to appear on color television occurred. What president, Kimmy? Um, Eisenhower? Good evening, my fellow Americans. Yes, she's right. It was Eisenhower. I don't know how you got that. The year is 1963. This group records their first album. Now, it's actually a cover of a a hit from the 50s. This album was released. It would only chart in the United Kingdom and hit number 21 on the UK charts. See how good your ear is. Identify the band if you can. Everything is wrong. Me and my baby party. All day long I'm walking because I couldn't get my car started. Later from a job and I can't board to check it. I wish somebody come along and run it to and wreck it. Come on. Just me and my baby party. Come on. I can't get started. Come on. 
can't afford to check it. I wish somebody come along and run it to the wreck it. Everything is wrong. I've been the bath every night I live with. They get the bath every time I fall. Sounds like thunder. Some stupid guy trying to reach another number. Come on. Since I've been with that, come on. Jimmy, can you tell me the name of that rock and roll group? The Rolling Stones? I don't believe this. How do you know that? That didn't even chart in the United States. They didn't even perform it really after much after that time period. And only briefly on the 50th anniversary did Mick do a couple of bars while Charlie did a drum beat to it. And he acknowledged that it was a 50-year-old song. How did you know that? Mm, just something with the voice. Very good. I didn't have to go to a bonus clue for you to pick that, you know, get that answer. Staying in music, the year is 1969. This song is released. Identify the single, Kimmy. What do you see? The sun is Can you tell me the name of that number two hit from 1969? Crystal Blue Persuasion. Crystal Blue Persuasion. Ooh, it's a new vibration. Crystal Blue Persuasion. Crystal Blue Persuasion. Crystal Blue Persuasion, number two hit, 1969. Who is the recording group? Tommy James. And? The first, the... Tommy James and the... Shondells? Yes, she did it. You know, I think that song, and I was very disappointed in Breaking Bad. I thought that song could have been used in Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. And I, and I know you It'd like... be perfect. I know you like that baby blue thing, but I, I like that one better as a song... Maybe earlier in the episodes it could have been uh-huh. used. You know, I just, I thought, I, oh, yeah. I always thought, you know, I was watching, I was like, man, I hope he uses Crystal Blue Persuasion. Especially yeah. with Walter being a little older and stuff like that. Been, yeah, I think it would have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll show up in Better Call Saul. Who knows? The year is 1975. This song is a huge hit, Kimmy. It's number one on the country charts and number one on the pop charts at the same time. Tell me who the recording artist is. Thank God I'm a country boy. Well, a simple kind of life never did me no harm. Raising me a family and working on the farm. My days are all filled with an easy country charm. Thank God I'm a country boy. Can you tell me who that is? John Denver. That's right. The year's 1979. This rock and roller performs at the White House at the request of the President of the United States. Tell me who the recording artist is. Deep down in Louisiana, close to New Orleans. Way back up in the woods among the evergreens. Who is it, Kimmy? Chuck Berry. Yes. Now, what president, 1979, invites him to the White House? Who's the president? 19... Jimmy Carter. Yeah, okay. The year is 1980. This song hits number nine on the pop charts. Tell me the title of the song. song in the world of pop music because it actually changes the world of pop music you're getting out of the disco world into a, a different feel a different uh, you know like techno feel can you tell me the name of the song cars can you tell me who had that as a number nine hit 1980 Gary Newman? You're right. The year is 1982. Graceland Mansion in Memphis opens as a tourist attraction. Who had lived at Graceland Mansion? Elvis. You're right. The year is 1986. This song goes number one on the pop charts. Tell me the title. Can you tell me the title, Kimmy? 
Live to tell. Who had that as a hit? 1986. Madonna. Correct. The year is 2014. In Arlington, Texas, about 105,000 people attend a concert, a final concert for this recording artist. The show set a record for the largest crowd for an indoor concert in North American history. Who's the recording artist? Twenty fourteen, Kimmy, huge concert for whom? Who is that? Um Johnny Paycheck? Once again, Kimmy <laughs> did not pay attention to any any time I worked at a country radio station over the course of time because she if she had, she would know that is George Strait. Oh yeah, yeah. Celebrity and notable birthdays, famous people born on this date in history. Actress born on this date in 1909, Kimmy. She appeared in over 100 stage productions and had more than 60 roles in film and TV. She was married to actor Hume Cronin in 1942 when they married till her death in 94. They appeared in a lot of films together. You know her for a 1989 movie, Driving Miss Daisy. I'm fixing to go to the Piggly Wiggly on the trolley. I don't need you. I don't want you. And I don't like you saying I'm rich. Well, I won't say it no more. Is that what you and I dare to talk about in the kitchen? No, Miss Daisy. Oh, I no, hate Miss... this. I hate being discussed behind my back in my own house. I was born on Forsyth Street. And believe you me, I know the value of a penny. Yes, My brother Manny brought home a white cat one day, and Papa said we couldn't keep it because we couldn't afford to feed it. My sister saved up money so I could go to school to be a teacher. We didn't have anything. Jimmy, 1989, she was in Driving Miss Daisy. She was in both Cocoon movies, the 85 and the sequel in 88. And she was with her husband in Batteries Not Included, 1987. By the way, she was also in Cocoon with her husband. He was in that as well. Can you tell me her name? Oh, boy. Drawing a blank. No. Yeah. Kimmy, how could this be? I know. You've seen Driving Miss Daisy. You've seen Cocoon. I haven't seen either. You, you haven't seen either one of those? No. What? You've lived a very sheltered life, Kimmy. Very sheltered. We have should to recommend. we change that? Yes, we should. Okay. You should at least see Cocoon. You should at least see Driving Miss Daisy. Okay. Batteries not included. Don't really know, even though it was um, nominated for the Saturn Award, which is you know really like big and sci-fi. It's Jessica Tandy, born on the state, 1909. Next person, singer, actor, born 1917. Signature song for him, Kimmy. Tell me who it is. Everybody loves somebody somehow. Everybody falls in love somehow. Can you tell me who that is? Dean Martin? Yes. Next person celebrating a birthday. Once you identify who it is, tell me how old he is within five years. Singer, entertainer, Kimmy, here's your clue. What's new, pussycat? Whoa! Known for women to throw their underwear at the stage for him. Can, I don't know if they still do. Can you tell me who it is? Tom Jones? You don't have to be rich. Is Tom Jones today within five years? Seventy-five. Ooh, within within five. You get it. He is seventy-eight today. Next person, actor Kimmy, gave up acting after his well early. Well, I'm going to say 
upper teen years. He would eventually become a Los Angeles police officer and then come back to acting as an adult. He was almost killed as an L.A. police officer. They did a made-for-TV movie about that, too. He's known for this TV show. Identify it. Can Kimmy tell me the name of the TV show? Leave it to Beaver. That's right. Now, here is going to be some fun trivia. Tell me the name of the actor and the character he is known for. You'll be able to tell me the character. Tell me the name of the actor and how old he is today within five years. Hello, Mrs. Cleaver. If I'm not disturbing you too much, could I please speak to Wally? <laughs> Just a minute and I'll call him. Hello? Hey, Wally, you get that crazy flat tire back on the car before your old man caught you? <laughs> what crazy flat tire was that? Oh, hello, Mr. Cleaver. What's new? <laughs> Nothing, Mr. Cleaver. Uh, it's not important, and I think I hear my mother calling. Goodbye, Mr. Cleaver. <laughs> Who played Mr. Trouble on the show, Kimmy? Well, that's Eddie Haskell. Yes, Eddie Haskell. And the I actor's cannot name. Not recall his name. Ken Osmond, celebrating what birthday today? Um, seventy. He is seventy-five today. The role of Eddie Haskell. They had a huge audition. He was called back about three times. Won the role. It was only to be for one episode. But his performance was so strong, he became a, a regular cast member of Leave it to Beaver, but then found himself typecast. He tried to do some things after Leave it to Beaver, couldn't, and he became a L.A. police officer, and it was shot three times. Wow. And almost died. Bulletproof vest survived him, and a belt buckle. One of the bullets hit the belt buckle. Wow. And, and ricocheted. The other two, the vest took. Then he would go back to playing Eddie Haskell in the retool, the you know, reboot of Leave it to Beaver. Lucky guy. Extremely. And if you get a chance to ever meet him, do so. He does do appearances from time to time. Next person, TV talk show host. She hosted a TV talk show under her name from 1991 to 2003. See if you can identify who she is. Now, this is a notorious episode that led to murder, this audio bite. Her talk show hit national headlines for a period of time for this episode, which was not aired. They, they decided not to air it because of the murder that happened. Now, which of these ways would you choose to reveal your secret crush on someone? A, would you write that person a letter? B, would you tell the person in private in case he rejects you? Or C, would you tell that person that you're gay and you hope he is on national television? <laughs> Donna and Scott. Now, Donna has been helping Scott pursue his secret crush on John. John's backstage. He can't hear us. Um, how, how bad's the crush? Tell me about the first time you met him. Where, where, where was he? Can you tell me who that is? Jenny Jones. Yes. How old is Jenny Jones today? Within five years. 68. She is 72 today. And by the way, the person, the acquaintance, John, laughed on the show, chuckled about what was going on, and then three days later killed Scott and was sentenced to prison for 25 to 50 years. Next person, actor celebrating a birthday. Kimmy, see if you can identify him. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for a ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Can you tell me who it is? Liam Neeson. Yes, how old is he today? How old is Qui-Gon Jinn today? Uh... Within five years. 65? He is 66, which is pretty close to what the age of the character was in Star Wars at the time. Most people didn't realize that he, you know, he didn't look like he was supposed to be 66, I guess, but Qui-Gon was a little bit older than what people realize hmm. in, in, in the series of Star Wars. A little Star Wars trivia there. Next individual, Kimmy, actor, appeared in one episode of Marvel's Daredevil in 2016. His name, William Forsyth. How old is he today within five years? You have met Mr. Forsyth. Mm -hmm. There's a picture of Kimmy with Mr. Forsyth. You can find it on our Facebook page at RileyandKimmy.com. Uh, 63. You 
are exactly right. Wow. He is 63. And if you ever have an opportunity to meet Mr. Forsyth, please do. Extremely nice guy. Uh-huh. Moving to another birthday, this person born 1958, musician and actor. Tell me who it is. Who is that, Kimmy? Prince. That's correct. Next person, singer, model, celebrating a birthday. Tell me how old she is within five years. She had a number one hit, 2014. Tell me who it is. Here's your clue. I'm so fancy. You already know. I'm in the best lane. From LA to Tokyo. I'm so fancy. Can't you taste this girl? Remember my name. Kimmy, who is having a birthday today? Iggy Azalea? Yes, how old is she today within five years? Oh, 29? You are almost exactly right. You get it within the buffer. She is 28 today. I see dead people. Notable deaths. Famous people who passed away on this date in history. Celebrities who died. The year is 1937. Kimmy, this person dies at the age of 26. Tell me why she is on the famous list. Her name, Jean Harlow. She was an actress. That's right. She had become one of the biggest movie stars in the world by the late 1930s. Harlow died during the filming of the 1937 film Saratoga. Now, the film was completed using a body double, matter of fact, more than one, and released just a little over a month after her death. So if you see Saratoga, some people try to spot where the body double is. Some, you know, film buffs. The American Film Institute ranked her as the 22nd greatest film star of classic Hollywood cinema. Next person passed away at the age of 93, 2015, Kimmy. Tell me who it is. Mr. Harker, I'm glad that you've arrived safely. I am Dracula, and I welcome you to my house. I must apologize for not being here to greet you personally, but I trust that you have found everything you needed. It was the least that I could do after such a journey. And tiring for you, no doubt. Permit me to show you to your room. He played Dracula in the Hammer Productions. Can you tell me who it is? Christopher Lee. It is obvious that this contest cannot be decided by our knowledge of the force. But by our skills with a lightsaber. He played in the Star Wars films. Can you tell me the name of the character Christopher Lee played? Count Dooku. Master Yoda. Count Dooku. You have interfered with our affairs for the last time. Yes, you are right, Kimmy. You know, I love him in Star Wars. The only thing, you know, that I don't like about the appearance with him and Yoda, I love when they do the, the Force battle, but that lightsaber thing. I just, I, I just didn't care for the battle of the lightsaber part between mm. those two. Sir Christopher Lee passed away on this date, 2015. Kimmy, the judges say you did a fantastic job today. Oh, thank you. And we're going to throw it back. We're going to go back in time and honor something. Put a spotlight on something we talked about on trivia with the golden age of radio, old-time radio. I'm Patrick Riley. I'm Kimmy. We're the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. We're available for your next event in Florida. Please consider the Riley and Kimmy Show for your pop culture or nostalgia-based event. Art shows. Exhibitions. Festivals. Grand openings. Home and garden shows. Car shows. Collectible shows. Conventions. Animal and pet-related events. Let us promote your event with customized commercials and interviews. Live on-site promotions and podcasts. Please contact us on Facebook Messenger. All communications kept confidential. We mentioned moments ago that Jessica Tandy was born on this date in 1909. We have a golden age of radio production she starred in with her husband, Hume Cronin. It was a radio series called The Marriage. And we have the very first episode they appeared in. It's titled How They Met. Here's Jessica Tandy on The Riley and Kimmy Show.
National Broadcasting Company takes pleasure in presenting a new series starring Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin as Anne and James Wallace in The Marriage. When you look ahead, marriage promises to be a cavalcade of historic events. But when you look back on it, you sometimes find that the apparently uneventful has become the unforgettable. Any way you look at it, marriage remains the most popular domestic arrangement among friendly people. And that brings us to our story of Anne and James. I don't know about this business of love at first sight. When I was introduced to Anne, I only thought that she was a nice girl with attractive eyes. And I said, how do you do? And I looked around the room for something with a little more yump. I was very young. I left her at her door that night with a feeling of respect for her intelligence, which means, of course, that she'd listen prettily while I went over the fine points in the case of the state of New York versus Hutchins, Hogan, and Prosnick, which I was working on at the time. Very interesting case, too. Well, anyway, I walked to the subway and I forgot all about her. No one was more surprised than I when I called her in the morning and asked her for a date. And on that rainy night three weeks later in the hallway of her apartment house, if anybody had told me that I was going to ask her to marry me, well, I would have said he was crazy. Good night, James. Good night, Anne. Good night, James. Good night, Anne. Good night, James. Good night, Anne. You'd better go now, James. This time you'd really better. Why? You worried about old what's-her-name, landlady? Mrs. Grady? Well, she's awake. That's her radio. Well, what of it? A girl who lives alone has to be careful of her reputation. <laughs> How's your reputation? James, stop <laughs> that. With Mother coming to town tomorrow, I don't want Mrs. Grady giving her a lot of ideas. Well, she can't do that. A slander and defamation of character. Oh, I love that perfume. Don't ever use any other kind. Oh, it's easy for you. You don't live here. I do. And you're not a single girl. I am. I defy Mrs. Grady. Mrs. Grady, I defy... James, please. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Let's say goodnight now. I mean, really. I'm so wet. Look, come on. Stand over here. There. Ah. Comfortable? Oh, how I hate apartment houses. When we get married, let's get a house. I don't care how small or how far away. I beg but... your pardon? What? What did you just say? Uh, hate apartments like houses. You mentioned marriage. Oh, of course, married first. You can't just ignore convention. James, dear, a girl likes to be asked. Oh, but I took it for granted that you... Well, felt... that's just it. Oh, well, then I better ask you. That would be nice. I don't think I'm going to be very good at this. Try. Well, here goes. Dear Anne, caught as I am between Mrs. Grady inside and the rain outside... I... No, 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 no. no. That's, that's, forget about that. That's not right. Well, it did sound a little as though you were trapped. <laughs> Anne. Anne, darling, if this was somewhere where it isn't, if the sun was shining and the birds sang instead of Mrs. Grady's radio. <laughs> and I had my arm around you, and, and we were alone. I'd kiss you, and then I'd kiss you again. I'd tell you that I loved the color of your hair, and the way you laughed, and how gentle and wise you are. Does this sound as though I were taking inventory? <laughs> Go on. And then, when I'd found the courage and the right words, I'd just come out and say it. What would you say? And please marry me. Well? You mean it's my turn? You only have to say yes. Is that all? Well, I suppose you could say no. I'd rather you didn't. Doesn't it matter whether I love you? Oh, yes, of course. We'd better establish that first, because... James, will you kiss me? Well... Don't be silly. And now, good night, darling. Oh, I hope I have my key. But you, you can't do that. Can't a girl sleep on it? 
It's very late, and besides, I have to meet Mother early in the morning. Anne, Anne, now I asked you. You have to answer. You, you can't just turn me off like a faucet. I've got to know where I stand. In a puddle, darling. Oh, no. You know what I mean. James, Mother arrives tomorrow. I want you to meet her. Yeah, but I'm proposing you know, to you. It's, it's going to seem a little strange to her, my knowing you such a short time. And Well, she never approved of my coming to New York to begin with. And if Father had been alive, he would have forbidden it. Why? Well, after all, in, in Fitchburg, Massachusetts, New York is considered rather a dangerous place to send one's daughter all by herself, especially to study art. Mother's hardly reconciled to that. And now... And if, if she doesn't like me, would that make a difference to you? Of course it wouldn't make any difference to me. Thank you, darling. Of course, it is possible that uh, she could resist me. Why do you insist that Mama will dislike you? Well, it's just the circumstances. You pointed them out yourself. You know what I mean. Are you sure there isn't something sinister about you that an inexperienced girl wouldn't notice, but that her mother would? Not at all. As a matter of fact, middle-aged... <laughs> middle-aged ladies usually like me very much. Oh, don't brag. Uh, not bragging. I only try to reassure you. Anne, dear, I want to marry you more than anything else in the world. Now, do you or do you not feel the same way about me? Must I answer yes or no, counselor? Yeah, no, no, of course not. Dear James, dear impulsive man, I don't know you at all, really. But you will. No, I'm don't going... interrupt. I don't know you at all. But even now, here in this shabby hallway with, with Mrs. Grady listening and, and the rain running off my collar and down my neck, I think I love you very, very much. Will that do? Yes, Anne. Yes, that, that's terribly nice to know. I, I, I may burst with happiness. I don't know what it was. This talk of marriage three weeks after meeting James was something I didn't expect. And yet, looking back, I think I had a feeling about him the moment we met at the party. James pretended to be so sophisticated and devil-may-care. Well, I just wanted to mother him. I don't know exactly when I stopped feeling simply maternal and, and got a, a, a younger feeling when I, when I started loving him. Well, I met the train from Fitchburg and told Mother I was thinking of marrying James. Oh, dear. Her face got set the way it had when I told her I was going to New York. Poor Mama. I knew that she was going to be hard on James. Even so, I couldn't wait to exhibit him. My James. But as that wouldn't be possible until the evening, I introduced her to my next most prized possession. My apartment. Doesn't this wallpaper make you terribly depressed? I'd have the blues from morning till night. No, I've been very happy with this wallpaper. I've been happy with everything for three weeks. Yes, I know. You're going to love him, Mama. I can't wait until tonight. Oh, look at the time. I'd better put these dishes away. I just can't help wishing he was something besides a lawyer. What's wrong with lawyers? Well, lawyers always smoke cigars and wear dark gray suits. James smokes a pipe, and I've never seen him in a dark gray suit. Can't be much of a lawyer. And even if he is, they don't make good husbands. Now, Mama, is that a fair thing to say? Well, you can't tell me that a man can spend the day fooling around with loopholes and tricky language and then come home and give his wife a straight answer. No. <laughs> oh, Mama. You'll ask him why he's late for dinner and he'll wherefore and whereas you till he's blue in the face. Mama, stop it. You haven't even met him yet. And I'd like to hear what your father would have said about your marrying a strange lawyer whom you've known for only three weeks who claims to have a family up in Canada that nobody's ever seen. Mother, you're being ridiculous. Ridiculous, am I? You're ready to give away your life to a man you've known only three weeks. Twenty-one days. Well, it is an awfully short time, I admit. For all you know, he may have a wife and children somewhere. <laughs> all right, go on, laugh at me. But learning to live with another person is the most difficult thing in the world. Even with a man you've known for years, let alone three weeks. I know, Mama. Your father was a wonderful man in all the big ways, but there were little things about him that nearly drove me out of my mind. Just little things, but I had to live with them. For instance? Well, he... 
Oh, it sounds silly, but he used to put ketchup on his eggs. <laughs> I never told him, but if there's anything that takes away my appetite, it's eggs with ketchup on them. <laughs> it happened every morning of my married life. And I could never eat breakfast until lunchtime, and it wasn't funny. Oh, I'm sorry, Mama. It's... Oh, it's things like that that make marriage unbearable when you find them out too late. Well, it didn't make your marriage unbearable, did it? You've always said father was a devoted husband. Yes, but I might have found a devoted husband who wasn't devoted to ketchup on his eggs. <laughs> but, Mama... Oh, this man might have habits that would make you miserable. You'll... You'll be married a long time, dear. And a long time with the wrong man is... Well, it's a long time. Yes. Yes, it is. Mama, I'm going to be sensible about it. Yes, I'm going to find out a lot more about James. You know something, Mama? What, dear? I must have been more worried about this than I thought because... Well, suddenly I, I feel relieved. When I left Anne that night after proposing, I couldn't wait to get home and tell Tony. I was walking on air. Well, for two blocks, anyway. Then the elation suddenly evaporated in the cold night air, and the events of the hallway became unreal, and I was alone with the disconcerting fact that I'd asked a girl to be my wife. I got butterflies in the stomach, big apprehensive ones with wildly flapping wings. Why hadn't I kept my big mouth shut? At least until I considered the consequences. I was scared stiff. I, I, I crept into bed, trying not to wake Tony, but, well, sleep was impossible. Oh. Take it in the first place. Huh? Some men uh, just have to face it. Three o'clock. What did you say? Oh, you awake, Tony? Awake? You know, Junior, when I agreed to share this one-room paradise with you, I didn't bargain for your nightmare. Seeing you anyway. Tony, I feel terrible. Hey, wait, I'll turn on the light. Why don't you take a bicarb or a couple of aspirins? I wish it were that easy. Tony, this is serious. I asked Anne to marry me. And then what'd she say? I don't want to get married. I I'm not ready. Easy, Junior. We all have to go sometime. What got into me... Why did I ask her? I can't get married now and take on all that responsibility. I must have been out no, of no, my... No, let's not get excited. How am I going to get out of it? It'll break her heart. Then I take it she said yes. No, not yet. I'm sure she's going to. And then what am I going to do? Marry her. What? You're the guy who always said that when a man becomes a husband, he stops being an individual. Oh, I say a lot of things. I'm very clever. You remember that night on the subway when you picked out the married member the way they looked? Depressed, harried, shabby... <laughs> Yeah. We were real wise guys, weren't we? Tony, you're not helping me. I thought I could count on you, but sure. I said and I still say, if a man marries the wrong girl, it's the end of him as an individual. Okay. That's what I said you said. But if he marries the right girl, it may be just the beginning. Sometimes it works out. Some of my best friends are married. My mother and father, for instance. <laughs> and didn't you tell me your parents were happy? Yes, but my father was the type who needs to get married to be happy. What type are you, Junior? Tony, I... I'm not what I seem. You know, conventional, conscientious, disciplined. Underneath, uh, in me, anyway, the, the, there's a streak of primitive wildness. Oh, no. I'm, uh, <laughs> Tony, this is very serious. Honestly, I don't think I'm the type to be satisfied with a domestic life. Why not? Even Tarzan had a mate. Oh, <laughs> stop kidding me, will you? I'm sorry I ever started this. Don't be sorry. Maybe you're right. Could be you're a born bachelor, and that's it. Then I'm back where I started. And what am I going to do about Anne? I kill her when I tell her I've changed my mind. I don't think it will. Tony, she's crazy about me. Maybe. But she's a good-looking girl. She won't be heartbroken for long. Oh, Anne's not a coquette, Tony. When that girl gives her heart, she gives it for keeps. Maybe, but don't worry about it. One of those handsome models she meets in art school might find a way to make her forget. Oh, no. Not Anne. No, she's not impressed with muscle. Okay. So she'll meet some brilliant artist. She'll have more in common with an artist than a lawyer anyway. Oh. I don't know. 
Some artists are practically inarticulate. Mm. I won't argue the point, Counselor. I'm going back to sleep. Try it yourself. No. Never be happy with an artist. Go to sleep. Too level-headed. Good night, Jim. Mm. Good night. Tony. Yes, Junior? What now? Tony, if we get married before your vacation, will you be my best man? Mama, please promise me you'll be nice to James when he gets here. Of course I'll be nice to him. Why shouldn't I be? I know, but, but don't be too polite. Well, now, maybe I'd better not meet him at all. Oh, Mother. Of course, I warn you that I mean to find out something about any man who wants to marry my daughter. Well, naturally, Mama, but please be discreet. He needn't think that because you have no father, he can pull the wool over people's eyes. He's not trying to pull the wool over anything. Don't tell me about lawyers, dear. After all, everybody knows that a lot... Oh, there oh. he is. Now, please, Mama, please keep an open mind. I'm sure you'll find James charming. Go on and let the man in. I can tell by the gleam in your eye, but... All right, I'll let him in. No. No, I'll get it. Don't. And and your slip showing. Oh. Anne, darling. Hello, James. How could I ever have doubted? James, James, no, not now. I mean, I mean, there's mother. Mother? Oh, of course, your mother. How how is she? Very well, thank you. Mother, this is James. James, this is mother. How do you do, Mr. Wallace? How do you do, Mrs. Caldwell? Can't tell you what a pleasure it is to meet you at last. I've looked forward to this for such a long time. Three weeks. <laughs> well, Anne has told me so much about you, I feel I know you. Yes, yes, that, that, that's very nice. Um, Anne, dear, could I see you in the other room for just a moment? Now, Mother? Yes, uh, please excuse us, Mr. Wallace. It's just a little family matter. Oh, that's quite all right. Mama, did you have to do that? Close the door. What is it, Mama? You never told me he was so short. Oh, Mama, you can't trust short men. They always have chips on their shoulders. <laughs> Five feet seven is not really short, and besides, a man's height has got nothing to do with anything. Your Uncle Jonathan, who ran away with the elephant girl... I'm not was... staying around, not a second. Are you coming out there with me, or shall I go alone? Your Uncle Jonathan was only... I'm opening feet... the door, Mama. Well, I'm just trying to take the place of your father, that's all. Well, that little morsel of feminine business is over with... Sorry, James. Oh, that's perfectly all right. You know how women are, Mr. Wallace. Oh, of course. Are there um, many women in your family? Well, not in my immediate family. I have no sisters. Oh, then you don't know how women are. Well, uh, I guess I don't. I was just wondering because you said you did. Would anyone care for such a scene? I'd love one. What about you, Mother? Not just now, thanks, dear. I believe I'll join you, James. Oh, good. Oh, just a little milk. There. Thank you. Perhaps Mr. Wallace would care for something a little stronger, dear. Oh, no, this is fine. Oh, come now, Mr. Wallace. Wouldn't you rather have whiskey? You don't have to stand on ceremony with me. Really, Mrs. Caldwell, James I rarely... James doesn't drink whiskey, Mother. But I may start any minute. <laughs> James, have one of these cookies. I, I think you'll like them. Oh, they look delicious. Thank you. Well, Mrs. Caldwell, this is your first trip to New York? Oh, my, no. I think New York is just a bit too noisy for Mother's taste. She's a farm girl at heart. Well, I can appreciate that. When I was a boy, I used to spend my summers in a farm in Saskatchewan. Stayed with my aunt. Never forget those days. Something wonderful about a farm, isn't there, Mrs. Caldwell? All there is to a farm is a lot of hard work. Yes, of course, but I, I, the kind of work that keeps you young and strong. It killed my mother at the age of 58. <laughs> Anne, uh, could I possibly have another cup of tea? Oh, certainly. Uh, Mother, are you sure you don't care for anything? Uh, no, 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 thank you, Dip. Uh, Mr. Wallace, how is it that How about a the... cookie, Mother? They're very good. Uh, no, thank you, Dip. Uh, Mr. Wallace, I understand... Would you like me to make you a sandwich? I have some cheese. I'm not hungry, dear. Uh, Mr. Wallace... Excuse uh, me, Mrs. Caldwell, but why don't you just try calling me James? I will, Mr. Wallace. Just as soon as it feels comfortable for me to do so. Oh, yes. You didn't know that I had such an old-fashioned mother, did you, James? Well, 
You know what they say, old-fashioned things are the best things. Really? I never heard anyone say that. No? Oh, I thought it was quite a well-known saying. I've heard it often. I believe I've read it, too. I can't remember just where. Uh, Anne, could I have some more tea? Certainly. I was, um, I was about to ask, Mr. Wallace, what brought you to New York? Well, I came here on a visit while I was at law school. Harvard, incidentally, Mother. Oh, that's nice. Yes. I, I came down on a visit, and I just fell in love with this city. I was fascinated by the idea of living in the midst of so many millions of people. I don't know whether that makes any sense. I know what you mean. It's a perfect city to hide in. James wasn't... <laughs> Mother... James wasn't looking for a place to hide in. Oh, I wasn't suggesting that he was looking for a place to hide. I was just making an observation. Um, tell me, Mr. Wallace, I, um, I hear that New York is overloaded with lawyers. Can a young man really make a living here? Well, uh, I think By living, I mean eight to 12,000 a year. Well, I tell you, Mrs. Cole, Mother, it's not... I hate to interrupt this interesting conversation, but we've run out of tea. Yes, well, all right, go ahead, dear, and make some more. Mr. Wallace and I have lots to talk about. Yes. Oh, that's the point. I, I need him in the kitchen to open a jar of olives. Well, I don't like olives, thank you. They're for James. He loves olives. Will you excuse me, please, Mrs. Caldwell? Oh, certainly. Andy, we need more hot water. Hot water? I'm in it up to my hairline. Oh, James, I've never been so embarrassed in my life. How do you feel? So I just lost two falls out of three. I'm terribly, terribly sorry. I had no idea she'd act this way. She'd only stop calling me Mr. Wallace. She's never been like this before. She's really very sweet. I'm sure she must be. She's terribly worried because we've only known each other three weeks. You must try to understand. Believe me, I'm trying. But have you any idea what it feels like to sit there and be taken apart? Now, don't make it worse than it is, James. Have you any idea what it feels like to be You just questioned... asked that question. Well, this is a nerve-wracking experience. James. Are you sure you aren't dramatizing it just a little bit? I never dramatize anything. Well, never mind. It's perfectly normal to dramatize. I don't care whether it's normal. I don't do it. Oh, you have a temper. Anne, I'm... I'm sorry. I didn't know that about you. I wouldn't say that I had an abnormal temper. Perhaps not. Still, you have a temper. Anne, how long have you had this habit of repeating things? You see how little we know each other. You see? I'm sorry, Anne. I... Yes, I'm on the set. Anne, when are you going to answer my question? Will you marry me? Oh, James. Mother was right. There are so many things that people must know about each other if they are to have a happy marriage. That isn't true. If they love each other, they can work everything out. That isn't realistic. What about the little things? What little things? Children? No. No. <laughs> Suppose you're grumpy in the morning or, or don't like canaries or something. Do you like canaries? No, I don't. You see? There you are. Why? Do you like canaries? Of course not. But suppose I did. <laughs> Just suppose I were mad about canaries and you couldn't stand them. We'd be miserable, don't you see? Anne. Anne, come here. No, 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 James. This is very important. This is something we must stop and be very cool-headed about. Tomorrow evening, you and I are going to sit down and find out all the things about each other that we haven't discussed. Agreed. Oh, Anne, why do we Agreed. have to go through... Oh, all right. Agreed. Now, James, we must have an objective and logical conversation. Is that understood? Yes, Miss Caldwell. You're being facetious. No, Miss Caldwell. Just good-natured. James, if something that's important to me is just a joke to you, then there's something seriously wrong between us. All right, dear. Actually, I think it's important, too. Oh, I hope you do. I, I really hope so. Now, I've made a list of things, and if you think of anything else, just ask. Right. You comfortable in that chair, darling? Please, James, there will be no affection. Sorry. By the way, where's your mother? She's out shopping. Hmm. More likely a police headquarters, seeing if I have a record. James, you're being frivolous. No, darling. Simply apprehensive. Now, let's look at the situation dispassionately. I'm sure we agree on everything. Well, I that's, feel it. That's what we're here to find out. Now, one, do you sleep with a window open? Well? Do you? 
You must tell me. Oh, I always have the window open. You do? Well, always. How about you? I can't sleep if there's a draft. You can't? No. Well, after all, what's a little thing like a window? We can no, always close... No, no, James. No, don't make light of it. It's an important difference between us. I suppose so. It's vital to find out these things now. Well, now, let's go on. That's probably the only point on which we disagree. Two. Are you untidy in the home? I mean, do you drop things all over the place, or do you like to be neat at all times? Oh. I suppose I've got to be honest. You must. At home, I'm a pig. Oh. <laughs> but I could change so easily. Oh, no. Didn't... It's easy to say so. But we can change our personality. And we can compromise. Compromises the... never work. Now, do you like modern furniture or period? Well, that's easy. Period, of course. Just looking at that modern stuff makes me uncomfortable. Oh, James! What a narrow-minded attitude to take. We must go forward, move with the time. Forward? I've sat on stumps that had more grace Oh, than... no, no, no. I'm sorry, but a person who prefers archaic period furniture to the clean lines of the future must be old-fashioned and, and, and stuffy. Oh, now, listen to us. It's no use pretending. We don't agree on anything. We'd never get along. It'd be ketchup and eggs on a bigger scale. What was that? Ketchup and eggs. Oh, I like ketchup and eggs. <laughs> you see, we'd, we'd irritate each other to death. And, and don't say we could change. We, we couldn't be happy. We'd be uncomfortable. You know it. Oh, I don't know. None of those things strikes me as critical. By the way, don't you like ketchup with eggs? No, I don't. <laughs> you see how irritating it would be to face such differences when, when there's no escape? All right, Anne. You win. Let's just call it off. <laughs> Perhaps you're right. If you are, we're lucky we found out about the differences in time. We've been very sensible. We certainly have. You know, Anne, you're a very bright girl. Very pretty one, too. <laughs> Actually, what we've done is unusually intelligent. Yes, it, it I is. I felt very depressed about it at first, but... Oh, I love that perfume. But now that it's over, well, it's a great relief. Yes, I, I know what you mean. It, it was something that had to be done. You're right, darling. Absolutely right. No matter how pink. Yes, and Anne. Anne, now that we've done it. What? Can I have an answer? Will you marry me? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> And so the marriage took place. And we moved into a modern house. With some 18th century furniture. And closed bedroom windows. Good night, James. Good night, darling. This was the first episode of The Marriage, a new radio series starring Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin as Anne and James Wallace. Anne's mother was played by Muriel Bremner. Tony was played by Charles Flynn. Music was conducted by Joseph Galicchio and composed by Emil Soderstrom. The Marriage was directed by Milton Merlin. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show 
with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com.